brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. ITL Fantasy Podcast Network presents In a World of Football Podcasts that sounds like this. Welcome into our podcast on Suck Talk Radio. And talk like this. Wah, 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 wah. Don't go after running back. Wah, wah. Because they're not. So much fun. Bogman, let's not overreact here. The In This League Fantasy Football Podcast. Featuring Bugman. Then he came in and he just went ham. Oh, God. Yummy and panties. Like, those are words like men should not say. And the Welsh. Well, Brodels is... Did you just bro another player? You say Brodels instead of Bortles? I totally <laughs> called them bro. Are you broing all of these guys? Playing on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Burn it to the ground! Coming to your ears. What's up, friendos? Welcome in. It is the In This League Fantasy Football Podcast. Scott Bogman, Chris Welsh. We are in this league, and this is week six, I guess. Probably. Nowhere could I really tell from a Tuesday night game and how waivers have gone. We'll talk about that. Guess what we got on the episode today, Bogman? Do you know? It's a surprise. Guess. Take a guess. Uh, Jesus Christ. It's close. It's pretty oh. close. Oh, okay. Who is it? Sigmund Bloom. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's quite like Jesus Christ, but he's a great guy. He's a really good guy. Uh, Sigmund Bloom is coming on the podcast today. We always just say it. You never go. You have to guess who it is. So I was like, oh, man, this uh, well, who, who do we actually have? So I went sarcastic. Yeah, Mike. well, it was I mean, it was kind of the bit like you clearly know and everybody else actually knows as well. <laughs> but uh, Sigmund, not an easy guy to get in season because he is very, very busy, but he has always taken some time out for us in the past and we've had him on episodes and it is good to have him on today. We're going to talk about week six. We're going to go through some of the mess. We're going to go through some of the starts as we usually do with guests. We'll be talking about the week six ranks today. There's lots of news to digest as well as some of the snap counts. But right at the top here, the most important stuff to talk about is what an absolute disaster this weekend is. And, let, and let's start from a couple perspectives. We talked about this on Sunday night, that everyone was aware there's this big turmoil with uh, Stats LLC. And I mean, at the end of the day, they are, they're the biggest problem in this yeah, mess. Yeah. Still don't know what it is, if they were uh, hacked in some capacity, ransomware, for whatever reason, their business is completely shut down. And what it did was it screwed up Fantrax, it screwed up FanDuel, it screwed up, I believe, RTS Sports, and a couple of them, and FanDuel got the pretty big brunt of it. Here is yeah. where there is a current big problem, if you're not following, and you, and you hate to have to go here, but everybody has it fixed but one place, and that is Fantrax, and it is yeah. crazy. It is, it, it, like, I don't blame what, like, happened, that is a stats LLC thing, but as of... We're recording this on Wednesday. It is continuously not fixed, and it is a absolute disaster for every capacity of trying to play on that platform. Whether you are in a redraft, we can't guillotine the league. Um, 
waivers are screwed up and they gave no timeline and they have a, they say they had a new provider. That's been a disaster. I, I mean, I hate to say it cause we know a lot of people over there and stuff, but it wasn't their fault. What, nor was it fan duels and stuff in the first, and the people that are like, Oh, you should have had something in place already. Blah, blah, blah. That's stupid. But for it to be Wednesday <laughs> into Thursday and, and, and still be screwed up. That's embarrassing. Like count the goddamn stats and manually put them in and then move on through the rest of the week to get it done because we can't do anything. Oh, most of our stuff is done through there. You had to push waivers, uh, we, um, Jake didn't move waivers, even though the matchups haven't finalized in the uh, flex league. So that's screwed up. We can't get a team. We can't vampire. We can't see the lineups. There's always a, a random team that's not playing. It's unbelievable that this can happen for this long in fantasy. And uh, it, it still has people reeling. Yeah. I, you know, it feels like fan tracks is the uh, manager who got, uh, you know, got drunk over the weekend and isn't coming back in town till Thursday. So no one knows their lineups from 1996. You know, <laughs> that, that, that's what this feels like. Like, did I win or not? I don't know what happened. Nobody knows. Uh, it, and and it, yeah, I just, it, I can't, I can't fathom that it hasn't just been counted up. Like I get that you've got a provider that screwed up and didn't send it. And then you're saying you're going to a new provider. Why is everybody else? Okay though. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with uh, the new provider and why it's taking so long to, to input the stats and, and I don't, and to be honest, there may be a bunch of stuff going on in the background there's, that I just, I have no listen, idea how it works, there's but always I really stuff. don't care. There's like, always stuff that's going on in the background and people are miserable online and people are, are mean about it. And that's what it was. I believe going from Sunday into Monday, it's unreasonable stuff, something out of control happened, but for it four days later to still be an issue that is, that is beyond comprehension of it, of it mattering. Just someone just go type in the stats. Just go, yeah. go type them in. It's not, I mean, really, it, w- it would be a little bit tedious, but just get that in so you can get that out of the way. And um, it's, it's wild, man. And it has really screwed up a, you know, a large contingency of fantasy football players. And what's weird about it is there's just so many that just weren't affected by it. You know, the biggest effect of people this week that play on Yahoo and ESPN was just that there was a Tuesday night game and that kind of made some stuff wonky. You know, that makes, you know, Tuesday night waivers a little bit different as there's a game still going on and stuff like that, but they're kind of oblivious to it. And, you know, it's a, to fan tracks credit. They've been, they've been, you know, talking about it. They don't shy away from it. It's good on them. So, I mean, this is a give and take, like I'm, I'm not going to, I'm definitely not defending because I think it's embarrassing where it's at right now. But at the same time, you know, at least they are, you know, head on with it. But yeah, it's, it, yeah they, they did post a thing this morning that said that uh, uh, with the, to onboard our new NFL, our new provider for NFL stats, we are most likely a few more days away to finish the process. But see, that's, now, that's right there. That, that doesn't yeah. work. That's, that's, that's We can't guarantee the accuracy of the stats until they, uh, we get the new provider up and running. Once stats are updated, they will be retroactive. We understand the issues this creates. Uh, four-year league waivers and managing your roster will continue to update everyone as we have new information. So, yeah. I, I mean, look, yesterday it looked like, okay, we got stats trickling in. And, uh, you know, everything's going to be Just all of a run. sudden the Ravens and Niner game didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now uh, the stats are just wrong for some of them. Like uh, Mark Ingram doesn't have anything. I don't think the stats are wrong, but they're not complete. Like they have. Well, Lamar know, the Jackson three has rushing three yards. rushing yards. That's his yeah. entire stat line. 
for Lamar, but they don't have his his uh, passing anything. So and then Mark Ingram only ran and doesn't have any stats. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know when this is going to get fixed. I think you always have to get the benefit of the doubt when something pops up. To I don't care what the business is, regard it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like the people that are crying and bitching. I like, I just I saw it on Sunday. I was like, okay, something's going on. Then you see stats LLC. You're like, okay, something's going on. Stats LLC affected people. The Fanduel people losing their goddamn mind. And the, the business just has to do right by them. That's the most important thing. And I don't know what FanDuel did if they did right by their customers and stuff. It, and it, was, it wasn't your fault. Okay, but it's your business. You just got to make right. But you're in day four. And then you're like, yeah, we might be days out. Like, you just, if, if this is your, you can't have that. You, just, you can't have that. It's, 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 uh, it's wild. Let me ask you, what is worse run right now? Uh, Fantrax in the stats or the Jets and Le'Veon Bell? Um... Ooh, well, I mean, it, at least the Jets have a direction, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the Jets did pay uh, Le'Veon Bell twenty seven million dollars for 13 games, though. Yeah, that, OK, you know, that's true. I mean, and, and the tracks is paying a new provider, but they're also not doing it right. And uh, and I think even <laughs> tracks threw them under the bus a little bit, too, saying like, yeah, they're not interested. They're up to live stats. They're not don't seem really interested in uh, correcting what was already happening. And it's like I think that was the old one, but I'm not sure at I, this point. There's been too many tweets. It doesn't matter. Uh, all right, so we can move lost. we can move on from that. Yeah, the biggest news, but I mean it's very frustrating for a lot of people. You know, it's, Yo, there, yeah, absolutely. You've had to publicly make messages on the, you know, all the satellite leagues and everything we well, do dude, that we had yeah, to move waivers. I run the satellite leagues, I run all the entry leagues, all that stuff. Not only has COVID made it bad this year with, you know, uh, games might get canceled, so name your replacements and all that stuff. And this week, I actually have to go back and do it, uh, you know, with the uh, Patriots and Broncos getting pushed. So I have to go back through every satellite league, every entry league, and look to see who had replacements for the Denver-New England game. Uh, I mean, it was less than the Tuesday game, obviously, because that one was more up in the air, but that one got played. So, uh you know, it's that, and then this comes down in the middle of this. I mean, it's just a never-ending 2020 mess for sports. It is and, very, it is very 2020. Yeah, it, it is. It is very, very 2020. Um, and you know, like they said, there's no end in sight. So God knows. Uh, you know, I I didn't I didn't think it was going to be a site that would take fantasy football down for a week. I thought it would be the coronavirus, but you know, silly me. <laughs> so the big news, uh, and I was shocked by the news. Of Le'Veon Bell being cut. Absolutely shocked. Um, because I know the trade rumors popped up on Monday. And I know that Adam Gase has done a really horrible job. But to think that Adam Gase was going to outlive Le'Veon Bell on the Jets. And not only, you know, not only that, but the Jets would just eat everything with Le'Veon Bell is, it's mind-blowing. And they released Le'Veon Bell... And man, I mean, Boggs, Fournette and Bell getting cut <laughs> is a is a is a weird look, but there is a chance that Bell could be put into a situation. Now, Fournette, it's really an L because he's gone into a better situation, but it, just, it, it hasn't and worked. Ronald Jones looks and, good. And Ronald Jones is too good. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell has the potential to go into a much better situation. The problem is, is where does he go where he can actually get numbers, you know, and not just be a feature back. And also that the caveat that I would throw to it is where can Le'Veon Bell go that he can not only be a semi-featured back, but where he doesn't decimate another running back and oh, doesn't yeah, I, take there's, away. There's not a place like he's going to 
he's going to wreck somebody wherever he goes. So, uh, but also, you know, look, I, I, we can sit here and crap on Adam Gase and the Jets, and that's fine. I would love and, to. I, that sounds and, like a great idea. And, and, and never-ending and, and, and all that stuff. They fumbled this situation. They should have fired Gase. They should have never hired Gase. Uh, last year, they fired their GM because Gase didn't like him after he signed Lev Bell. Gase talked crap about the player that they signed, and they signed him to a four-year, $59 million deal last year. So uh, they cut him four games into this season after he's already been banged up a little bit. Uh, they have clear uh, you know, fights and all that stuff. And if you just look at all of the players that have uh, left Adam Gase, you know, Jamal Adams demanded a trade before the season started. And, you know, you can go back to Miami and look, Jarvis Landry wanted out. There's, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson got out and looks way better not on the Jets now. There's there's a never-ending list of players that left this team and left left Adam Gase specifically and got way better. I mean, what are you doing? You're making the case that that Adam Gase is the worst. Well, yeah, Adam Gase is the worst. Of course. But here's the thing, and I love Lev Bell's skill, right? But he has also not endeared himself to having many franchises want him. He held out with the Steelers. Sure. He had issues with his head coach in New York. While most players did or have, uh, it's still going to reflect poorly on Bell. So I think it's really going to limit his uh, his options to sign. And it might be a week or two until someone takes a, uh, a shot on him. So I'm nervous about him uh, signing somewhere. Uh, there's plenty of good spots he can land in. Uh, but uh, I I am nervous about his prospects right now. I never thought, you know, like Fournette getting released was uh, always, I guess, in the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. We didn't think it was going to happen, uh, but he was, there were trade rumors for him. I think there were trade rumors. The draft. I, neither one of these did I think releasing was in the realm of possibility, but, yeah, but being moved was. was. Cut, you thought it was going to be before the season, just yeah. like well, that, but that's what I'm Even saying. if it was in that crappy time frame of, you know, two weeks before the season starts because they don't like Fournette, and that's when they cut him. Even if that was the case with Bell, that would have been less surprising than cutting him, you know, after week five. That makes no sense. Well, let's talk about the prospects of where he could go because I've got I've got one blatantly obvious one that everyone's been talking about, and then I've got a surprise idea. Are you ready? Do you have any yeah, thoughts? Do yeah. you have any ideas in your brain before I, um, before I, I have set a up couple, here? but okay. let's hear yours first. Well, I think the most obvious that everybody is going to are the New England Patriots. I think that's the first place and the last place that people like to stop to. Cam Newton come back. This team is trying to still piece together. They could use more offensive weapons. What's odd about it is, I mean, just how many how many goddamn running backs are you going to have? You know, and this would be a situation where he doesn't really decimate anybody. It's like how awesome is? I mean, Damian Harris looks like he's on the rise. James White has had a down year. Who cares about Burkhead, Michelle? And that's a place where he could go in and get featured. You know, Cam Newton could right. really feature him. So that actually might be the best case scenario of where you could get him, where you know he could get his five to seven catches and he could get, you know, 12 to 15 carries maybe, or, you know, maybe it's down to 10 to 12 and then they could have Damian Harris in there. That might be his best offensive spot. So I think that's the obvious one. Here's one for you. The Seattle Seahawks. And I'm going to throw that out to you because Carlos Hyde's injuries, Homer and Dallas, eh. Chris Carson, little wonky, banged up. 
you you always want those offensive weapons. You've got two great receivers, and it's one more huge weapon for a team that looks like they are vying for a Super Bowl with one of the best players in the NFL. Now, the only caveat to that is I think Lev Bell's personality doesn't fit well a whole bunch, but he would go into a spot where he's not remotely close to being the leader. I think that fits the most, but it's not great for him, and it wouldn't be the best for Chris Carson. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, look, I, I, I think that the Seattle one makes sense and I don't, I would never rule that out. I just don't, I don't see that one happening. I think new England, uh, makes more sense. Well, that's why I even put them though, first. That's why I put new England first. Of course. Of course. Uh, I, I don't know that new England, um, I don't think he would hit his ceiling in new England. So it would be nice because he would go in there and immediately be the best back but how slowly is Belichick going to work him in, right? Because you want to back like that more ready for the playoffs than you do for the regular season and all that stuff. Of course, they have to make the playoffs first, but uh, they look look like a playoff contender right now. Uh, I'm a little worried about that New England spot. I have, uh, do you have a couple more or or those your main two? No, I mean, I I look through the league and uh, I, I, you know, if Philly was a better team, Philly might make sense as a, you know, they don't really have a secondary complimentary back to Miles Sanders, but do they really want to take away? I don't think I have one that makes, because I think you could pigeonhole them on teams that aren't going to win. You could pigeonhole, you put them on Miami. You know, he might want to go to Miami. I like I think that that's one. Where he's well, he's from. also from Miami. So well, yeah, as I just sense. said, he's from Miami. It makes sense. But I mean, I don't know. It's a two and three team. Maybe they make the move. Okay. Maybe that makes sense. I just don't see him going to a team that going any other place except a team that is going to be championship caliber. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he just wants to accumulate the stats and be a starter somewhere. So then Miami would actually make the most sense. Yeah, Miami, I, I think Washington also makes eh, some loser, sense. Loser, so. No, it doesn't. Yeah, uh, yeah, it does, though, because that whole division is wide open. Like, Dallas just lost their starting quarterback, the Giants are terrible, and the Eagles can't get out of their own way. So Washington has a fair shot to win that division and go into the playoffs. So I, I think that that is one he would absolutely consider. I, and I know people hate to hear it, and this is the big rumor that everybody uh, hates because it would ruin both of them. But I think Kansas City does make a little bit of sense, too. Yeah. And Chris Jones every- immediately tweeted to Lev Bell when he got released. And that's been a that, that's probably the most decimating one across the board, right? Right, right. It would wreck them both. So I hope that one doesn't happen, but I can easily see it happening. So, uh, you know, I, I think other teams that need a back, I think you're right about, you know, Jacksonville needs a back, but they just got rid of a back with attitude problems. So I don't think that would happen, even though maybe he would want to, you know, the whole Florida connection. He wants to still live in Florida. Uh, maybe that would have a little bit of appeal to him. Um, other than that, I mean, people are saying the Steelers, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, but, he's uh, not going back there. That's yeah. Not- yeah, they're fine. They, they, they wouldn't take him back. So yeah. that 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 bridge is burnt. So that's done. I well, think I think New England. I think that's probably the most likely one uh, that's going to happen. But I also like Miami and Washington. Well, I think we've named. I think we've named one of the places that he's going to go, and we'll find out. I don't know when it's going to be. Hey, it could happen uh, before this episode pops. I don't know if it happens this week. If he's going to have a team signed up, might be. Um, you know, maybe like a Saturday or something like that right before the game so he can get set for the final week. We'll find out. Whatever it is, we'll talk about it. But Lev Bell out there. It also does open up the opportunity for Frank Gore, whatever that is. And uh, the Michael P. Ryan potentially, too. Uh, yeah, so, so that, I mean, that's kind of the question. We'll look at the ranks for week six in just a little bit. But, 
you know, are, are you is is Frank Gore your obvious swoop up, or do you think Lamichael P. Ryan is a sneaky pickup right now? Yeah, I think you can add them both. You know, look, I think uh, someone mentioned it. Oh, great! Now we get to see a bunch of fifteen rushes for forty-seven yard stat lines from Frank Gore, and that's yeah. he has no upside. So I think if you want to grab one, I would rather have P. Ryan just to see if he starts getting uh, way more carries at this point because Frank Gore is old and looks old this year. But but so. Frank is going. But the only problem is Frank will get his twelve carries. Like he's going to yeah, get that. No matter what them. P. Ryan does, it's a matter of will P. Ryan get some of the secondaries and make use of them. And if he does, that's and why if you he speculate. starts to. Then they'll start to go away from Gore because he is obviously completely eh. limited he, he's not that good yeah i mean you say that i don't really I, agree with that because p ryan is gonna play well like he has to look good first no but you're uh, saying but i see I, what i don't agree with is even if p ryan plays really well i don't think just gore gets taken away from that's not how gase works he's he's shown that his entire time he'll like p ryan might get a tiny bit more run but it won't be at the expense of gore going from 15 touches to five he'll just still get his 11 to 12 oh uh, no i can absolutely see that happening so I, don't I mean, I don't, I don't. I hope it does. I hope it does. And but I'm with yeah, you. Regardless, I mean, everyone hopes it does. I don't think it will. I, I don't I, think that Michael P. Ryan's good enough to push Frank Gore all the way off. But if he shows something, I think Frank Gore is an easy back to come off of. But the thing Adam we Gates can agree on is to pick so. up Michael P. Ryan in deeper leagues. I think that's yeah. uh, one of the big things. By the way, on uh, waivers again, because of the massive issue. You know, we didn't even pay attention in the flex league because we were too busy, you know, moving all of ours. They ran in the flex. If you're curious where some guys went and um, the two guys we had talked a decent amount about Chase Claypool and Travis Fulgham in the flex leagues, $20 to Chase Claypool, which probably was more than 20%. I don't know how much uh, Mike Florio from NFL Network had used, but that's not an insignificant amount. So 20 bucks for Chase Claypool. Travis Fulgham went for 13 so he was less. But, you know, from like a how far off they were, it wasn't that far off. So you're probably looking at that probably represented somewhere between 15 and 30% of those guys' budgets, maybe even a tiny bit more, so people were aggressive. There were lots of little dollar ones. Frank Gord actually got picked up for $3 early on. Uh, I want to say there was like an Austin Hooper one. But the other big one that jumped out, and you can see the aggressiveness is because Dak going down. Down, Andy Dalton was picked up for a whopping, I think, all the all the dollars. Michael Beller with the Athletic spent fifty six dollars on Dal- Dalton, most likely because he lost Dak, and that was the last ditch effort. So I'm guessing that was also all of his a super dollars. flex league. So and it was a super flex. That's a great point. You know what? I shouldn't even say that. It probably was just all his dollars, regardless. Really good play picking up in a super flex league, where I think you and I own like four quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have uh, Haskins, who's been benched, but we still have Tua. And then did we did we add Kyle Allen or no in that league? I can't. Kyle remember. Allen, I think we might. Have. Kyle Allen. Yeah, yeah. We we might have done that. Hey guys, want to remind you, uh, come and check us out over at InThisLeague.com. Join up with the Patreon. We've got no Thursday night with Bogman this week because there's no Thursday game, but we do usually have Thursday night with Bogman. Sometimes some Monday night football with Bogs live streams. We've got group me rooms. We got the start and sit room. We've got the week six thread. We had a pretty good one going down on the week five. So you could drop anything, whether it's start and sit. Would you trade? What are your thoughts about this guy? Blah, blah, blah. And those are, you know, that in the uh, live streams and the comedy secret shows are just at the $5 level. You can go up a little bit more and get in uh, involved in all of the group me rooms and all the other crazy stuff. So just come check us out. Sportyourboyspatreon.com slash ATL Army. 
we would deeply appreciate that. Uh, let's actually, let's hit a quick break and let's come back for news and some snap counts. And then we're going to get our boy segment on. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In this league. Somebody royally forked up. Somebody forked up. Why can't I say fork? If you're trying to curse, you can't hear. Full shirt. Holy mother forking shirt balls. Oh, Melvin Gordon getting popped with a dewey. Good old Melvin Gordon. Just you just can't get an Uber, huh? In this day yeah. and age, can't Come get on, a man. can't get a lift or something like that. Melvin Gordon, as I'm saying here, uh, popped with a dewey. That's not going to do well. Some people being like, "Hey, Lev Bell in Denver." Mm, I don't think so, bub. I don't yeah. think. Uh, <laughs> why would be my big question. I mean, they have Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay's coming back too. So why? Yeah. You know, he was ticketed for going 25 to 39 miles an hour above the speed limit. Well, That's they do cool. that. So uh, and and uh, just you know, criminal 18, speeding. They could have said 18 year old Bogman knows all about this. You know <laughs> because. Uh, uh, every cop that says, you know, you were going more than 35 over and I could take you to jail for that. And, and I'm like, yeah, OK, sorry. You know, I mean, I don't know what to say to that. Like, are you going to take me to jail? Obviously, you're not because you don't want to take uh, a speeding person to jail. Just don't be a, a jerk to the cop and they won't. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, we've all had that. I've never gotten to Dewey, but uh, yeah, that that's it's a bad look. I know that they're trying to come down a little bit harder on Dewey's as well uh, in the NFL. So I think it's an automatic four game suspension, but I don't know if I think he has to plead guilty. Yeah. Or they suspend him. The, so, the blurb on Roto World saying uh, a two to three game suspension. So I would expect three to four. <clears throat> that's where my yeah. mind goes. Uh, he's got an arraignment in November. So that's not a good look. I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I have it as what is the effect going to be this weekend? Is he going to be inactive due to this or are they no, going to? No, I think to... he'll be okay this week. I'm not 100. Obviously, we could hear something in 10 minutes that says that uh, he's been suspended. You know, the team might suspend him first uh, for something like this. But, uh, you know, it, it also could be he says, hey, look, I was not drinking. And they said I was. And yeah. uh, they're going to do the test and I'm going to fight it. So I think because of that and it depends on what he pleads and everything i think they're going to wait until that happens to suspend him yeah so. and it looks like a statement from the broncos said we are aware of the situation involving melvin gordon our organization has been in communication with him and is in the process of gathering more details so there is no news on the melvin gordon front if he will play this weekend i'm going to suspect it's very likely yeah, that he is not suspended until his um his arraignment, arraignment. on yeah. November thirteenth. So 
he could probably be good to go until then. And then once that goes down, you would probably have, I mean, you know, the NFL could step up either way. Just, you have to monitor the situation. Well, and he also could just say, I- I'm pleading guilty. So let's get it all out of the way now. You could. You know? yeah. so. Why would you, why would you do that? Um, you know, I've had, I've had a few, uh, few little traffic, uh, citations in my time and, uh, never guilty, never guilty. Uh-huh. Yeah. Never, never been guilty it. in my life, even though I did, I have lost some points. Never been <laughs> yeah. guilty. You sound like uh, the beginning of uh, why can't I think of the movie Andy Dufresne when he's talking to all of, all of his buddies in jail and nope. he's like, don't don't you know here everyone's uh, a Shawshank Redemption, everyone's innocent. Uh, what are you in here for, uh, Garrett? Uh, didn't do it. Lawyer <laughs> after me. So. <laughs> didn't do it. That's me every time I cut. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. Didn't I don't do know it. What you're talking about. Wasn't so. Me. You know, there could be something with the Lev Bell thing there, but I just don't see why they would. Roy- Royce has gotten some run, and Philip Lindsay is about to come back. So I think all of the like people that are like, you know, memes of, uh, hey, uh, Lev Bell seeing the Melvin Gordon situation, guy unfolds his chair, like, nah, I think we're good. I don't think Denver, uh, I don't think Denver's it. Uh, Marlon Davidson has COVID nineteen. That's awesome, uh, but no one else on the Falcons has tested positive. It's important to watch because if you get another one, you know what happens here. You go to Tuesday, yeah. and then if you get another one, you uh, you have your bye week this week. Right, exactly. So we'll have to you know keep tabs on what's going on with the Falcons. Now, I know that Anthony Sherman for the Chiefs also is away from the team, but his was from contact tracing. Uh, he was exposed to it. Uh, he hasn't tested positive for it, so it's different than Marlon Davidson testing positive and then isolating. So hopefully he got this in his off time and uh, wasn't around the rest of the team. But, you know, it's always step one, man. Yeah, one guy gets it. So we got to pay. That's a that's a big game for fantasy this week, too. It's Minnesota versus Atlanta, where we know a ton of points are going to be scored. So it would really suck. Well, you know, if it's, they have to uh, not play that. One. It's funny. I was looking at uh, one of my teams that still isn't completed because the stats aren't done. And I don't know if I won or not, if I'm five and zero in that league or not, who goddamn <laughs> knows. But week six is up. So that's fun. And I was I had uh, Kirk Cousins in last week who has got Atlanta. And I was just easily I'm like, oh, I got to put Aaron Rodgers in. And I was like, wait a minute. Cousins has Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't think I can put Aaron Rodgers in because this is too juicy against Atlanta. It's just that's the key of what you do. Uh, speaking of which, Dalvin Cook not expected to play against Atlanta. We kind of talked about this with the injury. They've got the bye next week, so you're gonna you know you're out maybe only one game of Dalvin Cook, which is gonna make Alexander Alexander Madison an awesome start this week. Dare I say I have not looked at the ranks. I promise you. I think he's borderline RB1 this week, Alexander Madison. Yeah. So that's well, my his, view of it. His price in uh, FanDuel and DraftKings, I was talking to Lob last night when we were doing the college fantasy show, and he was looking at some of the numbers and stuff, and he goes, oh, my God, they put him at 7200 on DraftKings. Uh, and usually backups don't get that big of a boost uh, when they're playing for the starter, but uh, because it's Madison and because it's the Falcons, he got a huge boost there too. So if even the DFS places are doing it, you know, he's going to be a top start this week for sure. Yeah, he's uh, he he be the dude. Devontae Adams back at practice on Monday. There's good signs that he's going to be out there. So then, you know, this can be the potential vindication week for all the Robert Tanyan haters. When he comes, you know, when Adams comes <laughs> back and Tanyan doesn't get targeted, then they can have their vindication. Or when he does, we'll see what they say. You know, we'll, we'll see them not talk about it. Uh, Goodwin <laughs> and Fournette back at practice with the Bucks. 
I don't know if it matters with Fournette anymore. Unfortunately, Boggs, I don't... I mean, I still think it does. So, I don't think you can uh, start Fournette right now. No, no, I, no, no I'm sorry. Him. Let me rephrase that. You cannot start Fournette right now. Yeah, yeah, you can't start him uh, because Ronald Jones has looked so good. Uh, you know, this could be one of those things where we're waiting on these two to decide, and while Leonard Fournette, it was decided. But uh, it's also Bruce Arians, and uh, he does screwy stuff all the time. So it would not be su- surprising to see them go back to a split after Ronald Jones has looked good two weeks in a row. So it's just something to pay attention to. You can't fire Leonard Fournette out, and I would hate to drop him right now. But uh, if if he's fully healthy and he doesn't play this week, then he can be dropped in every format. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's going <laughs> to... I mean, it sucks. But, uh, you know, that that's that's the way it goes. Yeah. So. Dims the brakes, as they right. say. Uh, I was actually, just as we were doing this, I was trying to look this up. But Keenan Allen, he had left Monday Night Football with back spasms, which isn't great. He has been just so, so fantastic with his time with Herbert. It's been like, you know, a la eras of, uh, of Philip Rivers and just how the targets go. But what I was looking for is what the current status is, because I have not seen if he has practiced, where he's at. And I'm looking, uh, yeah, see, the last blurb or update we got is just he was out uh, for the rest yeah, of the game. Yeah, backs are five. tricky, too. You know, it could be just something where he fell weird and it started you know, uh, tightening him up on him and stuff. And, and he just couldn't, he couldn't get right during the game and he could be back fine. I just haven't seen any oh, practice. Duh. Yet. I, I, this completely just, uh, jumped off my head here. It's cause they're on the bye. I'm pretty sure they're on a bye this week. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So though well, that's what, yeah, obviously then they got a couple days off here, so we won't know if he'll be back to practice and, uh, be again, uh, be available again for the following week. But yeah, I mean, he was grinning on the sideline and stuff, so it looked like he was okay. But uh, you just backs are tricky, so you just never, you're never really sure. Yeah, I gotta look at this because this thing I'm looking at for the 2020 buys, this doesn't add up. Um, let me. Look. Well, remember they moved a ton of games around, so um, I, I'm looking. It says the bye weeks are Las Vegas, New England, New Orleans, and Seattle on my app that I'm looking at, but we know New England is playing. Uh, Denver this week because they pushed that game back and we don't have a game listed for the Chargers. So they are on a bye this week. Okay, so they are they on got a bye. Around. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I just wanted to make sure, yeah, because I got it listed here that they're on a bye as well. And I was just, it, like, when I looked at the actual schedule, I was like, uh, what? This isn't adding up here. But, yeah, so that would, <laughs> that would be part of it, just extra room here, but just, you know, monitor it. But, you know, with that extra break, he should be good. Uh, ESPN's John Kime says that Washington has not received any calls for Dwayne Haskins. And this is part of the report that said, well... Were they were they saying they were going to be active in trying to move Dwayne Haskins? Yeah, or they were going to. Yeah, they, uh, dude, Jay Glazer on Sunday said that. Jay Glazer. Uh, I mean, I know it's Jay Glazer, but uh, he he was the guy on the Fox pregame stuff. Oh. He said that they're actively trying to move him. So uh, I guess he just, like it. well, it seems like they're actively sitting and waiting for calls, according to the report, and they're not actively <laughs> right. making any calls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. Um, I, you know, th- this is just a case of it's pretty clear that Rivera just doesn't like him or his attitude or something. So uh, I don't. Or he's just not good. To, yeah. Oh, I mean, he's he wasn't playing worse than you know, like Daniel Jones. We said that last week, and I don't think he's any worse than Kyle Allen. Uh, it probably wasn't worth where they took him in the first round, and he probably has uh, some attitude that rubs Ron Rivera the wrong way. So, but it's going to be hard to find because he hasn't proven himself. It's going to be hard to find someone that that hard up for a QB that will trade for him. Yeah. 
uh, on that bigger rookie contract because he was taken in the first round. Uh, Romeo Cornell said that Duke Johnson is going to see some more work moving forward. Cool. Sammy Watkins is going to miss a couple weeks, which is not cool. AJ Green has no timetable. It doesn't matter. Sam Darnold. Yeah, he's dead. Uh, Sam Darnold's going to miss another game, so it's Flacco, LOL Jets, and Kyle Allen, speaking of, should be good to go this week. So they are they going to go Allen over Alex Smith? Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, Allen, uh, Allen started last week, so he he's the starter. And, uh, you know, he took that cheap shot and went out, but he's he's all good. He's going to be fine to play this week. Give me Alex Smith. Free Alex Smith. The pride Smith. of DMHS. Nah, free Alex Kyle Smith. Up. I've always said that. I've always said. Uh, always yeah, yeah. You've guy. always loved him. I remember. Always. Yeah, even the captain. Very, very happy about the first overall pick. You didn't want Aaron Rodgers at all, so that's good. Nope. Definitely wanted the Utah guy. Love <laughs> that. Uh, snap counts, Bogman. How is it messy? We're, we should be hon- It doesn't look like we're honing in on all this stuff because we got a lot of stuff here, but it, it feels like we should. But what was messy this week? Well, I, we didn't have, you know, really any true splits, so that was nice. But Messi, obviously, Baltimore, uh, 25 for Edwards, 19 for Ingram, 18 for Dobbins. That's still a mess. Please don't start those guys if you can avoid it. Uh, for the Rams, it was, you know, Daryl Henderson had 29 snaps, uh, 26 for Malcolm Brown, 13 for Akers, but the touches were split up, nine apiece for Akers and Brown, and 18 for Daryl Henderson. So we can say that's leaning one way, but I'm going to say it's still messy because of what you said on um, Monday or Sunday night about uh, the Rams still reiterating they want to have Cam Akers be more involved moving forward. Uh, So that one's still a mess. But we do have a bunch that are leaning one way. Um, When Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson are in, it was more than double for Kareem Hunt, 51 to 22. Uh, you know, we know that Romeo said that he wants to get uh, Duke Johnson more involved, but David Johnson out snapped him 45 to 17. Miles Gaskin doubled up Brieta 42 to 21. And I think all three of those, out. we can put those to bed. Unless yeah. if Duke yep. changes, I think during it, we don't have to talk about the Browns or Miami again. Yes. Yep. I, I agree with that until Nick Chubb comes back and then they're back to split. So uh, then in Pittsburgh, it's all. James Conner, while he's healthy, like I said, 47, Benny Snell, 15, McFarland only five, uh, Devontae Freeman way over Deion Lewis and Wayne Gallman, 37, 20, and 12, Miles Sanders, 50, to Boston Scott, seven, and Corey Clements, three. Love so it. Doug Love Peterson is no, no longer a uh, split back type of guy at this point. And then, uh, you know, it's leaning towards Mostert even coming off his injury. Uh, for sure. in San Francisco, 31 snaps for him, 16 for McKinnon and 15 for Wilson and 14 touches for Mostert to four for Wilson and three for McKinnon. Uh, the misleading ones, you know, that there were I, a lot of, there were a lot of people bugs that were also like Shanahan, Le'Veon Bell. But I will point this out. The 49ers did engage in trying to get Le'Veon Bell this past right. year, but there is no reason I just don't see any reason that they would do it, and it would be it would be a laughable joke to me if they did it, it but just throwing that out there. You know, it's something where if this was week two and Mostert had just gotten hurt and, you know, Bosa was still playing and all that stuff, then, uh, yeah, it makes sense. You know, Mostert just went down, bring in Bell. But now that Mostert's back and they've lost a couple in a row and they've had all of these injuries— it just doesn't really make sense for him to go to San no. Francisco. I think that would have been a good one 
a couple of weeks ago, but because it released him after week five, it's not going to work. What is so. ironic about that, I would just throw out, is that is a situation where him coming in wouldn't kill most. I don't think it would change a ounce of anything with Mostert because he would still get his 14 to 17 touches and he would still do what he does, Mostert does, but it would, um, McKinnon and Wilson would be gone and then Bell would get the rest of that run. Bell would probably, you know, be a little bit more heavy involved in the passing game. Uh, they like to, because the 49ers like to run McKinnon out in the slot a lot and McKinnon's not good at that. So Bell would start to take that and then he would get, you know, 10 to 12 carries and he would get probably five to six catches. So Bell could be okay. And I don't think most would be affected if it happened. Yeah, but it's it. not going to. So exactly. Uh, misleading ones. It was a pretty close split on some of these 31 to 21 in favor of Jonathan Taylor over Naheem Hines. But the touches were 14 to Taylor five for Hines. Robinson and Thompson were fairly close. Robinson had 43 for Jacksonville. Thompson had 30. 18 touches to five in Robinson's favor, though. Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire had 43, Daryl Williams uh, 29, but it was 13 to two in touches there. Uh, for uh, Arizona, Drake and Edmonds are uh, close to a split, but 50 to 34 in Drake's favor, but 19 touches for Drake to only eight for Edmonds, which we hope goes up. Uh, and he did score on one of those eight touches, which is nice, but we want Edmonds getting more touches than that. That's too low. He needs at least 10 to 12 uh, for Seattle. Uh, Carson 31 Homer 23, but that was 14 to three in touches. And for Washington, Antonio Gibson 30 to McKissick's 27. But uh, Gibson took all of the running back carries 16 for touches for him. Seven uh, touches for McKissick total. So uh, not not uh, not really a split, even though 30 to 27, they're only separated by three. Not as far as usage goes. Uh, a couple weird wide receiver ones. Welsh, uh, Mike Thomas did have more snaps than Auden Tate. So with A.J. Green going down, uh, he might step up. But he also had that enormous fumble in the game. So I don't know if maybe they'll lean more towards Auden Tate because of that. So Auden Tate's issue. had those flashes. I, yeah, I think I think this could be the up. I'm very interested, but you have to be super deep league. But I'm very interested in Auden Tate um, this coming week. But again, right. you know. How much can you trust any bangle? They've already got two front wide receivers in front of it. It's just Tate has the potential to put up a little bit. And I think to your point, that fumble gets Tate a little bit more run. It's a tough matchup against Indy anyway. So uh, you don't want to start him. But uh, yeah, it's going to be one to look out for, for sure. We'll have an update next week on what the snap count looked like with AJ Green down. Uh, Houston wide receivers, Brandon Cooks, 48. Uh, he, that was actually his lowest percentage since week one. Uh, in snaps, and he had the big production. And Randall Cobb also had his lowest percentage this season with only 35 snaps. So uh, just interesting rotation there. In Atlanta, Zaki has had a bad game but did have the most snaps by a lot among Falcons wide receivers. 63 for him, 48 for Ridley, and 40 for Russell Gage. So that was a little surprising. Uh, for Chicago, looks like Darnell Mooney is now over Anthony Miller wow. in that offense. 41 snaps for him, 26 for Miller. Um, in Dallas, Michael Gallup had 64. Mar Amari Cooper had 42, and Lamb only had 36. So that is interesting to see. Maybe Gallup takes a little bit bigger of a boost with Andy Dalton coming in. Then uh, Josh Reynolds, 49 to Van Jefferson, 18. So that's been put to bed, even though Josh Reynolds has not been producing and then in Philly with the weirdness, 
Uh, Hightower had 48. Fulgham had 46. Ward had 41. And we might be getting uh, uh, Djax and Alshon back this week. So it'll be interesting to see how all of those. Really, I'd be interested who's the guy that survives, Fulgham or Ward. Yeah, exactly. So um, it, it, that that's going to be very. I, I would assume Hightower gets pushed down, but he had the most snaps, so yeah. maybe not. I don't know. And then uh, just it's a big mess in Indy with the tight ends. Uh, Doyle thirty four, Burton twenty five, Moali Cox twenty one. But Moali is dealing with an ankle injury, I guess. So yeah, uh, it should shift more towards Burton and Doyle. All right, let's go talk to our guest. It is Sigmund Bloom, the great Sigmund Bloom, and it's been, uh, man, it's been a minute since we've talked yeah, to him. It's been you can catch him over at footballguys.com, but uh, you don't need to right now because here he is. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Wait, wait, let me me explain something to you. I am not in this league. You're in this league. I'm the dude. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> Get it! It's week six. Look at that pretty face. Yes, we've got Sigmund Bloom back on the podcast. You can catch him over at footballguys.com. And you have one of, you know, Sigmund, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Hmm. You've joined us for some shows. You have yeah. one of the iconic twitter profile pictures (laughs) and it it always sticks out to me and is it is it fish related what is it related it is sigmund the sea monster sigmund the sea monster what is the i don't know sigmund the garbage kid sid and marty croft made some psychedelic children's shows in the 70s so okay so my fish thing wasn't too too off not too far off Um, but sigmund the sea monster was the sea monster who got kicked out of the sea monster cave or what have you because he wouldn't scare people so he went to live with a kid i can't remember his name in his treehouse and the show was just about all the adventures that sigmund the sea monster would get in so yeah check it out it's fantastic i love it by the way i just want to point out sigmund's one of my like favorite people i know we have like different versions we'll say like this guy's one of our favorites because they're close friends and stuff i don't want to go and call sigmund a close friend because we don't hang out all the time but we have you on but you are one of the best talkers and one of the more personal people. And I wish I could share the conversation we all had before we went live. <laughs> it's the best story on the planet. Yeah. And it's so funny. And it had to do with time change. And it was just so great. And yeah. it went all the places that you wanted to go. And it was just a fantastic <laughs> thing. So uh, Sigmund, one of the best. You can catch over at footballguys.com. What has been going on with you for the uh, for the season? What should we be plugging? You know, all the people yeah. that are all familiar with you. But what do you want to plug here for? Uh, week six and the rest of the NFL season. Yeah, I mean, just business as usual, football guys in a sense. I mean, like everybody else in football, fantasy football and in life, we're rolling with the punches and changes. But um, 
you know, same as always, we've got our staff of, I don't know what we're up to now, 50 something, 60 something. So we've got it all covered and the audible's free. The show I do, I think eight times a week. Um, and I think the most important thing is during this time, it's just one of the shared experiences that we can hold on to at a time that it's very difficult to feel connection to each other and a sense of being in the same reality together. And yeah. I think that, you know, we're still keeping that fire going for everybody for ourselves as much as for the people that uh, are, we're lucky to have as our, our customers, listeners, readers. Yeah. You know, we've always, Bogman and I have always had that because we're very big on, you know, attempting to have the conversation built around entertainment as well, because when you lose the entertainment, it, it can get lost, especially with how this year is going and take for, you know, I said a little bit earlier and I want to keep harping back on it, but you know, I would have thought COVID would have been the thing that would have taken the at least a specific week out. And this week it was Stats LLC, you know, yeah. it was Stats yeah. LLC taking out multiple different capacities of uh, FanDuel and Fantrax and I believe RTS Sports. Do you ever recall anything like what happened with the complete decimation of leagues and some still yeah. haven't even put it back together? It has been wild. Yeah, and I think the main thing I'm taking away from this, guys, is especially in these times, the longer you go without explaining what's going on, the wilder the vacuum will be filled yeah. with. You know, I mean, just like the stories that people will come up with to explain what's happening when you don't just come out in front and say, this is what's happening. So I think that's maybe a lesson to take out of this. But if you've played fantasy long enough, and I have to remember hand scored leagues. Oh, yeah. This is one of those old man moments where you say only <laughs> one way you can really trust the results. Or just like Yahoo used to not you used to have to pay for live scoring. Right. And then your scores were not official until Wednesday. Ever. Right. So, uh, I mean, and that wasn't that long ago. Maybe uh, I mean, probably longer than I think. But it was probably, you know, 15 years ago when that. Was no, and look, people, I think a lot of people are still unaware. Uh, MFL, you can do this in your league where official scoring changes. Like you said, the results aren't final until the results are final. So the scoring changes have swung even playoff matchups in some of my yeah. leagues, especially if you have IDP leagues because of the nature of IDP scoring. That's a whole other conspiracy theory. But uh, so, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I hope that it just uh gets back to again like in our own lives if something happens where things don't go right try to be transparent so that people's imaginations don't run away with themselves yeah and that was definitely the fan that was the fan duel i think you're speaking kind of to the fan duel respect mm -hmm. of people like what the hell is going on you know to this minute uh fan tracks has, has had a whole bunch of issues rts sports had some issues into monday or tuesday the one positive that will come out of this is we probably won't see something like this again it, this is very similar to me of like three or four years ago, or, you know, I don't know if I have a concept of time anymore where <laughs> Yahoo had that really disastrous weekend on draft weekend, you know, it was like yeah. football final mm -hmm. and, and they just completely crapped the bed and they were out for the whole weekend and it screwed stuff up. And, you know, that type of thing, we haven't seen that really happen again. This will probably be an impetus, an impetus to this never happening again and scoring and having a backup plan, whether it's yeah. even people just, manually inputting the scores and then pushing them across the board so you're not out even 24 hours due to whatever the hell it was so it was just this is going to be a, a story to tell your grandkids you know that, <laughs> yep, that's yeah, what it's yeah. going to be yeah uh, the, the well, COVID, there was one week where there was just no scoring for right. three days everyone How, was very mad what losers we would be if this is what we took and we, we left 2020 <laughs> with if like we left 2020 and, and we're still holding yeah. on to like that in 2021 yeah, that, and it's like it's the 
smallest of issues that we could ever have dealt with. All right, let's talk about week six with uh, with Segment here. We got a couple questions we're going to kind of burn through, and then we're going to talk some starts and some sits. And of course, you can always get uh, the mastery that is Sigmund Bloom over on the Audible anytime you want, but we've got a little short period of it. And Sigmund, I'm curious about your take on Le'Veon Bell. I know you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, yeah. you and Bogman here, so I'm I'm surrounded and crowded here, so you're very familiar <laughs> with Lev Bell. And, you know, I didn't expect what happened as far as a release gone. I'm not shocked that they wouldn't try to move on. All parties are happy, blah, 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 cool. Now we're at a spot where Le'Veon Bell has to find a home. We speculated a little bit early on on the podcast on a couple destinations. I would just throw out so, you know, you know where we were at. Yeah. Everyone's speculating on New England. Bogman kind of likes Miami. I think from a from a spot standpoint of where it could make sense, I think a Seattle would actually make mm-hmm. sense if he wants to go for a winner. But I'm curious about the landing spot where you think, this is just pure speculation, where you think Le'Veon Bell can go and what his value to where he goes could affect the other back. What would that look like? Right, right. There's a lot of moving parts here. Right. Um, first, I think Le'Veon Bell's demise has been greatly exaggerated. I think he can still play and play well, and this is good for him. And we just need to look to Ryan Tannehill, Devontae Parker, <clears throat> Kenyon Drake. I mean, we were lamenting the other side of the Adam Gase effect last year when Bell's stats, you know, the air was let out of the balloon. Uh, and I, from what I've seen this year, he can still play. I don't think we should limit our imagination on where he could end up because every team could use Le'Veon Bell. Every team yeah. can. He's not just a running back. Don't look at the running back depth chart. Oh, well, how does it fit in New England? And New England's the first team that comes to mind. And every now and then, you hear Bill Belichick gush about a player in a way that tells you if Bill Belichick has a chance to get that player in a way that works with the disciplined way that he builds the team, he'll do that. This just feels like a Bill Belichick move. It does. And it also fits need, too. Look, one of the times Bill Belichick talked about Bell, he started the quote with, Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> how many times in bill belichick's life do you think he said oh my god I think that was the first and last time <laughs> yeah maybe four like yeah. and, I, and, and if you were to ask me what made him do that i got oh no idea god. i have no right. idea are stolen right oh my god can you believe he did pregnant. a commercial too by the way i uh, the subway commercials yeah i can't fathom when i look at that commercial i'm like is he doing this like yeah that's not a belichick thing it's just hey, good for him he's branching out when brady was out now you're 100 right about that but what and and i had said earlier that I think actually New England is one of the spots that I think that would be the best for his value. I think Miami, there's the potential for him to get really full run. But in New England, though there is a crowd, I would assume bringing him in would be for the masses. And it would take a little bit away from Damian Harris. It would take a little bit away in the passing game, theoretically, from uh, James White. But they can still feed all those guys. What do you think the production looks like with Le'Veon Bell, let's say, in New England? Yeah, it's it could be sporadic, but at the same time, uh, productivity production will be get more production and yeah. i mean bell's a better passing back than james white um he's as good a runner as any of the runners they have he could easily take over that backfield and with cam newton next to him tampa bay and chicago come to mind also as immediate need places and we're also looking at teams that have urgency uh i think tampa obviously has that I think that, and it, maybe we could even throw Indianapolis out there too, but that doesn't feel like a Chris Ballard kind of move. Yeah. Uh, you know, but we're looking for these things lined up. And of course, Pittsburgh, there's mutual interest there. Okay. Uh, it, it absolutely can happen. Now, I don't know if he fits in Pittsburgh's plan right now, but 
he'll probably take his time and hopefully pit, do a better job picking a spot than he did last time. Do you um, think it'll be a couple weeks, or do you, you think he'll sign like at the end of this week? There's a there's a variable here that none of us can know except for Bell himself. Of you know, is there an organization he's wanted to play with? Is there a team, a quarterback that he's wanted to play with? Because it's not money now. I mean, yeah. he's got his money. Um, it's hopefully he's making this decision on a matrix of what will I enjoy? What's best for me? And the and, two of those, by the way, would in my mind is like Miami is his home. So yep. that would be that factor. And I think if you're looking at quarterback, I think it's clearly either Kansas City or Seattle. If you want to play with the best quarterback in the league who might have interest, I think both teams right. would have interest. So right. those three would speak to that. Like it's not about playing time and money. It's just about being where I'm comfortable or someone I want to play with. If if he signs there, I think that's what that is. But you know, there are other spots where it could just be like, who's going to throw the biggest cash at me now and give me opportunity, whether I win or not. Right. And and the ring looms, too. I think that's a big deal for players. So I I think where this conversation leads is there's still a lot of possibilities. Yeah. And I think that, again, if we want to put some sort of structural boundaries on, well, if, if Bell lands here, oh, I mean, unless it's where it's the places that don't make sense, right? Like if he lands somewhere with a good enough running back that would just keep him in a backup role, then that's not a team that's going to go after him. So all these teams that we're talking about, except for maybe uh, a Seattle, because Chris Carson's very good, but there's room for a second back in that backfield. There's absolutely room for Bell to just overtake Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if he goes to Kansas City. Uh, and like you said, in Miami, he could become the guy. And who wouldn't want to play with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, I mean, so. how could you not? How could you not? On the inverse, just real quick, with the Jets, Frank Gore theoretically takes over, takes over, but you right. know, in, in Bogman, I kind of discussed that it's probably not more different than what he's already been doing is 10 to 12 carries. So this could open up a, an opportunity for LaMichael P Ryan. Right. So what are your thoughts on, on P Ryan as far as the pickup and or gore? Well, in PPR leagues, deep PPR leagues, I think all of us fantasy football degenerates play in deep enough leagues where P Ryan could matter. Uh, so I'd love to see him get, an opportunity. I mean, that's what you hope comes out of this vacuum. And probably because of that, that means 200 more Frank Gore carries. No disrespect <laughs> to Frank Gore because Frank Gore is an awesome player and he's an archetype and there'll never be another like him. But yeah, I'm, I'm afraid this is one of those, you know, these are not the droids you're looking for. Like mm -hmm. this is not the backfield <laughs> that you're looking for. I mean, that's the thing. Like the whole, what brought this all about is that Le'Veon Bell was vastly misused and it's just hard to see this offense except for Jamison Crowder who has some sort of special powers uh creating any kind of overachiever just imagine if Jamison Crowder was anywhere else uh, right. he would be he'd be so much better it'd be incredible how about uh a couple wide receivers that have broken out recently I want you to rank for the rest of the season here Sigmund and okay. it's our guy Chase Claypool who just broke out with his four touchdowns uh Brandon Cooks in Houston who just you know had, had the most targets he's had all year as soon as Bill O'Brien who traded for him left because that makes all the sense. And Justin Jefferson uh, didn't look great against Seattle, but uh, looked pretty good a couple weeks ago and seems to be, you know, getting more snaps in BC and all those guys in Minnesota now. So how do you rank Claypool, Cooks, and Jefferson for the rest of the season moving forward? Cooks is a clear number one. Um, Cooks is good. Cooks is a good football player. It took a little while for us to be reminded of that, but obviously... For the third time in his career, I, he's going to be on track to have a hundred yard, a thousand yard season with a new quarterback. But he's played with some pretty good quarterbacks and uh, play with every team he's on track. Right? For. Yeah. Uh, 
And by the way, you guys know that Ryan Fitzpatrick has beaten the Jags with six different teams now. I just found that <laughs> really, yeah, That's amazing. It's a, it is amazing. Is there is there anybody else that has <laughs> no a single team with on being on more teams? No, nobody is. It, he's the first one to beat a team uh, with six different teams. I just want to make this show about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously. That's a, that's <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. it's, it's, who wouldn't? Um, but with Cooks, he's good, and he is riffing with Deshaun Watson, who said he wanted to set him up for a big game after he had that goose egg in Week Four. And this is another Gase effect kind of issue where, without Bill O'Brien, now they can have a rational offense offense with some play action throwing downfield so i don't think we know how good cooks can be yet claypool i'm afraid is still going to be part of sort of a rotation obviously he's going to be more prominent in the rotation but in different weeks he may be you know more secondary to shorter passing depending on how you know, the opponent can get pressure on the quarterback and things like that um so and none other than ed bouchette and when it comes to steelers beat writers he's a at the top of the mountain said fantasy, you know, maybe tap the brakes a little bit on Claypool, even though he had such an incredible <laughs> game. Also, I feel like I want to bring up that, isn't it amazing that these failed cornerbacks from the Eagles, like Rasul Douglas and uh, uh, Sidney Jones made a play last week, you know, and meanwhile, yeah. the Eagles still in dire straits. And then I would put Jefferson third, because I think the emergence of Irv Smith adds another mouth to feed without much, to feed them with because there's Adam Thielen and then maybe week to week, there can be a second play out of this passing game, but I don't think it's going to be consistent. I think it's going to be frustrating. So Jefferson showed that with the targets, he could absolutely be consistent. I just don't know if he's going to get them. Yeah. They like definitely that. still run first too. So I, I like that order for sure. I like Claypool still getting involved in there. Speaking <laughs> of wideouts, let's talk about Dallas for a second. They've obviously got a brand new quarterback uh, under the belt, but I'm not sure that, there are that many worse situations as far as when a backup comes in to the stars that are around. Andy Dalton knows how to get it done, though I think the offense needs to change and maybe some of the aggressiveness. So I guess the question ultimately comes down to, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see how Andy Dalton performs in this offense. Yeah. But do you think this is the time leading into week six, whether it is we want to call it fading or we want to say moving off of any right. of the offensive pieces in Dallas, you know, CD lamb has really worked well under Dak early on. Michael Gallup has kind of fallen off a bit and Amari Cooper has been a little bit wonky. CD has actually been the most consistent across the board. So is there anybody that you're worried about with Andy Dalton taking over this Dallas offense and then potentially running right. more, which would be, you know, in theory, we would all think they would lean on Ezekiel Elliott a little bit more. Yeah. And what to watch here is whether, having the fourth string and fifth string offensive tackles matters more when it's Andy Dalton uh, than it does when it's Dak Prescott. And then you're right. It becomes more conservative. I think the players, Amari Cooper, and honestly, even if Dak Prescott hadn't got hurt, I would think maybe if you can do a lateral move or otherwise cash Cooper in for top five, top 10 wide receiver value might be time because his snap count is going down. Yeah. Every week for the last four weeks. I'm sorry. Gallup led this week. Right. And Gallup's the one who, just because of that chemistry at the end of the game and Dalton's willingness to just throw it up for him, uh, I think that that's exciting. But Cooper has had this thing like he did last year, like he has previous in his career, where he has nagging injuries that build up. His effectiveness starts to erode. And you start hearing he got an MRI on this part of his body, or he's not practicing in a game time decision because of this. And sometimes he'll still put up those 10 for 190 games in the midst of that. But oftentimes, it you know, last year, in the second half of the year, Gallup was the equal of Cooper. 
And I think we're probably moving towards that. In addition to the unknown of Andy Dalton being thrown into the mix here, I think that this is definitely the time that if you could get 90 cents on the dollar for what Cooper was work, worth going into last week, I would certainly be open to it. And I like that you kind of inadvertently also, I mean, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but sure. I'm very much for this, that you kind of inadvertently almost are saying like, this could be a buy low opportunity on Gallup at this yeah. point, especially with the, because op- I'm a huge, I'm a free Michael Gallup guy. Sure. I want him to be more involved. I think he's a super talented player and this could be a really cheap opportunity. You know, we've kind of spent the last couple of weeks talking about some of those players, the DeAndre Swifts, maybe the Cam Akers mm-hmm. or buy low. Michael Gallup might be one of those unseen buy low opportunities. And so, I mean, you, you agree with that? Co-signed. That Absolutely. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Uh, I got a question about some quarterbacks. This is the last one before we'll go to the plays here segment, but Breeze and Ryan are looking rough so far this year. Minshew and Burrow have more points than them. A car in Bridgewater have more points than Breeze and Herbert isn't far behind Breeze either. Are Breeze and Ryan going to pick it up? Or if you own those guys, do you probably need to have another quarterback to play against, you know, in a better matchup? With Ryan, I think you wait until he goes off on your bench. And I'm not that scared of letting him go. You know, we're now in uncharted waters with Atlanta and what their offense is going to look like. Todd Gurley looked like their best offensive player last week. Uh, who knows what kind of shots Raheem Morris is going to call, but I wouldn't expect them to become more pass happy than they were before. Uh, and Matt Ryan also, guys, I mean, where is he going to be playing? I know that the cap situation makes it tough for them to trade him next year with his contract, but I certainly think that Arthur Blank has given off signals that the next regime is not going to be tied to Matt Ryan. They're going yeah. to get that, make that decision. So I think he knows that too. So, Ryan, I think we have to be off of, and maybe Julio Jones comes back and looks like his old self, and that's foolish. Uh, Breeze is a little tougher because Michael Thomas is going to be back, assuming he doesn't burn bridges there. That's something to monitor, by the way, because once it reaches the level where we hear about it, there's a lot of stuff we never hear about. Yeah, How many many fights are there between star players and defensive players? It happens all the time. Sometimes they get bigger. I always think back on the, like, Ah, well now I'm forgetting. Who the hell was the Redskins wide receiver? I want to say Westbrook. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking Michael about? Like, Westbrook, yeah. Michael, yeah, Michael Westbrook. There you go. Where Michael Westbrook was beating on Stephen Davis. Davis. And, yeah. you know, you get a couple of those. Out there, but these guys are fighting all the time. This was like not only getting the announcement of it, but the most important player on this team, if you know, a la Drew Brees, and they suspended him for it. Right. That is a big deal. I think that is, it, it's a good point you're bringing up that it might be a little bit bigger than any of us are really thinking about. We just like, oh, I got suspended. Okay, he'll be back. But maybe there is a bigger issue uh, outlined there. There's accompanying stuff too that he's wearing on everybody in the building. Um, there's some other stuff that got out via uh, Jeff Duncan, who's covered, covered the team forever. So this stuff gets out. For, we When the NFL manages their information very well, and if things are getting out, they're getting out for a reason maybe to send a message to Michael Thomas um, mm. because there are organizations that are bad and that things leak and there's people pulling against each other in different directions. The saints have not been one of those organizations anyway. So uh, when Thomas comes back after the bye this week, you could see the offense. I mean, look, we saw uh, it was against um, Detroit, you know, where it looked kind of like the saints offense of old, everything's humming, you know, all these weapons working in concert yeah, with each the other ball downfield. And he was like, yeah, 10, 10 12 on, Passes over 10 yards or something like that. He was really good. Right, right. Which, you know, could be more about Detroit's defense. But I think when Thomas is back, we're more excited. I mean, Breeze still isn't. I mean, 
you mentioned guys like Minshew Burrow is going to be a matchup play. Um, I, I would still rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's not the last time I'm going to mention him on the show either. <laughs> Matthew Stafford, even on the other side of that matchup is interesting. So, you know, Breeze is probably still a matchup play, but I think with Thomas coming back and they were saying something, I mean, Breeze is getting old and you could see that it took a little bit for him to get warmed up in that Chargers game. And then he was more in sync with everything going on around him. And it may be that he's shaking off some rust and things like that. So I don't think Breeze is going to win your season for you, but I don't think that you're in a panic mode if he's your number one. Well, we might give you an opportunity to say Ryan Fitzpatrick yep. name here very, very quickly here. Cause let's look at some week six stuff. As we always do, quarterback, running back, wide out, a little bit of tight end. And the first one we always like to tackle is your favorite quarterback who isn't considered a uh, quarterback one to start. I actually have week five on here, but obviously week six. Yeah. Uh, who wouldn't be a typical, uh, you could even kind of make it a broad statement. Right. Because week six gets a little bit intertwined. We like to just look at the fantasy pros for the aggregate. But a quarterback who isn't considered a quarterback one who you are putting in the quarterback one territory. And Sigmund. Dare I say you are set and ready to tell us who that quarterback is? Well, everybody already has Ryan Fitzpatrick as a quarterback one, so he could not possibly be. <laughs> everybody. Answer. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I mean, he has been over the last three weeks. He was in the second half of the year last year, too. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets is an easy Great call. D- DFS lineups, the way he's playing, he looked fantastic last week against San Francisco. Um, the other name is Stafford uh, against Jacksonville. And if you look at the Detroit schedule coming up, you hope, because remember, Stafford was a top five, top six quarterback at the first half of the year before he got hurt. It hasn't quite clicked this year, and you still are rowing upstream on Patricia River there. But still, with Kenny Galladay is going to be healthy now with a week off. And I, I do think that this should be a great week for Detroit against Jacksonville, watching Josh Allen and Miles Jack uh, and their practice statuses. But remember, this is the one week that Joe Burrow looked good, was against Jacksonville. And again, the John Watson show was back on when they faced Jacksonville. So Stafford's a good bounce back candidate this week. Bogman, what about you? What do you got for uh, your non-traditional quarterback one for QB1 this week? Uh, Give me Andy Dalton. And, you know, Sigmund already mentioned the fears of that beat up O-line playing and everything. But the Cowboys defense is so bad. They're going to have to play point for point with teams most weeks. And I think the Cardinals really are trying to look to get on track and they should be able to against this porous uh, Cowboys defense. So give me Andy Dalton to go point for point against the Cardinals. No Chandler Jones on Monday yeah, either no the rest of the Jones year, which rushing, sucks. Even a little, little bit better. Yeah, not good for one of my IDP leagues. Uh, running backs, surprise RB1 for week five. So this could be something between a flex to an RB2 that jumps yeah. in. Matchup is so great. Uh, Bogman, why don't we start with you? Gaskin. Give me Miles Gaskin. Ooh. I'm going to go back to... Uh, RB1 the, this week. Yeah, Sigmund. Well, look... He has touchdown upside now that Jordan Howard is getting the axe and being inactive. So uh, I think they're going to throw to him a bunch. He's getting, obviously, most of the uh, running back carries as well. So I like Gaskin again. The Jets are just the worst. They're terrible. So they are terrible. Uh, I really like Gaskin this week. I like that one. What do you got, Sigmund? Surprise RB1 this week. Stay with Arizona and Dallas and say Chase Edmonds. Okay. And uh, in that idea that it is a track meet kind of game script and Edmonds fits. And look, one of these weeks... Based on what we're seeing, if they're rationally coaching, Edmonds is going to be the starter. He looks like he should be the starter. Yeah. Maybe this is the week. Yeah, now, and that's such a great point. He really does. If you actually sit and watch Cardinal games, you can physically, uh, you can see the difference between Edmonds and Drake and how they move through this offense. And uh, Edmonds, you know, dare I say, just a more dynamic player to be. Uh, and Kingsbury know, already called him. 
uh, yeah. an RB1 in 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 this league, he said. Thank you. you know, ah, so. in this league. I like when they do that. Surprise running back of the week. So a guy that is just not a usual startable running yeah. back who jumps into flex or RB2 territory. Sigmund, what do you got this week? Bogman says Gaskin. I say Tomato. I say Brita. Ooh. <laughs> I, uh, the Jets I, are bad. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, the Jets, bad. the Jets run defense is actually very good up the gut, but they give up big plays. You know, this, I mean, last yeah. week you saw Drake at 18 for 60, but the touchdown. You saw Edmonds rip off of like a 29 yard touchdown run. You've seen McKinnon rip off a long run against them, Monster rip off a long run against them. I and mean, this is what the Jets do. Matt Breida seems like the guy to get that long run against them this week. Yeah, and and you can see them still trying to do it. They tried to do it with San Francisco, give him a little bit of uptick against his former team. He's a big sprint guy, so if the opportunity is there, Breed is definitely the guy to rip off a 65-yarder or something like that. Bogman, who do you have as your surprise back for this week? I'm going to I'm going to uh go out on a limb and I'm going to say that the Lions want to get DeAndre Swift more involved after the bye week. I think that uh, you know, uh, Peterson is fine and maybe he'll have a bunch of carries cuz they're playing Jacksonville, but I think you got to get Swift way more involved this week. So I'm going to go on the DeAndre Swift bandwagon here. Let's yeah, go. I'm I'm very much uh, in agreement on this, as we will talk about when we talk about the ranks in the next segment that we totally haven't already recorded. Uh, wide receivers, surprise wide receiver one for week six. Boggs, we'll go back to you. Who do you got as your surprise? It's this is a little bit, you know, whatever. It's r- r- wide receiver one, wide receiver two, kind of all similar, but someone that's outside of that range that you think jumps in for week six. Well, I think he was, he might've been listed as a wide receiver three when we looked at the uh, fantasy pros list, but Kenny Galladay, I, I don't know why he was so low on there. Like Sigmund said, he's going to be healthy coming off the bye week uh, and it's a beat up secondary for Jacksonville right now. So uh, kind of an easy one for me. Give me Kenny Gall- Galladay. Go all See, day, Welsh. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, Kenny, go all day. See if he's uh, maybe even cheap on some of the uh, DFS sites I haven't seen. What do you got, Sigmund? Someone that jumps in as a wide receiver one for week six. Did you guys enjoy Tuesday Night Football? Yeah, uh, of course. Did, yeah, I sure. mean, I like Maction anyway. So. Sure. I mean, I like where you're about to go. I think you're about to say my guy. I like that. Nicole leader. Hardman. No, that wasn't <laughs> my guy. Well, okay, tell me. Gets the Buffalo secondary. I mean, maybe Tredavious White gets healthy, but he's not really a good matchup for Hardman. Watkins is going to be out. And it, there was just so much room to run. You got that feeling last night on third down. You felt bad for Bills fans watching the game. It was just that sinking feeling that there was going to be a completion. Someone was going to be open every single third down. And McCall Hardman can take those to the house. And it's a great, great point uh, in where he can evolve into this offense without saying Watkins too. Yeah, it, a it's a great point. Surprise wide receiver two to wide receiver three this week. So this is probably someone that's maybe at best been a flex or not even starting. Uh, let's go back to you, Sigmund. What do you think? Wide receiver two or three this week that jumps up? Between two names, I'm going to say them both and cheat. Uh, Marvin Jones, that same idea uh, as the call today against Jacksonville. And Marcus Valdez-Scantling, because I think we've seen... Um, it would Last week, it was Darnell Mooney. I mean, it was there. Nick Foles didn't hit him. But the deep ball is there against Tampa Bay. So Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But watch out for Equinemius St. Brown, who's maybe oh. going to be activated. Watch out for him with Alan Lazard down. Equinemius St. Brown, the best talent probably outside of Adams, of course, on that team. But I yeah. just don't know how much he likes football. So yeah, uh, that was a question for him coming out of uh, USC, of course. But uh uh, for me, I'm gonna go. Uh, I- I'm gonna go with Brandon Cooks. We talked about him before. He should be the number one moving forward. Sigmund mentioned more play action, getting open deep. 
Uh, Tennessee definitely still is a liability in the secondary. So, uh, yeah, I like Brandon Cooks this week. Yeah, I like you throwing it's it's extra validation on the Cooks conversation to prove also he has not been a uh, a trustable, as I would say, a non-real word. He has not been trustable <laughs> through the season, and uh, you're starting to move into that, especially with the new regime. All right, deep wide receiver for the week. So you're really digging deep. We're playing in our 16 team. You got to get someone out of flex, or you just you know throwing something out there due to buys. Bogman, who do you got? Demir Bird against uh, against Denver. Denver beat up in the secondary. So uh, New England, you know, they, they keep Julian Edelman comes in not as often as Bird and Harry. It's very strange. Obviously, he gets the targets when he's in there. Uh, they are coming off their bye week. So Edelman should be a little more healthy. But Demir Bird being way down there, I still I still like him a little more than Harry. So I go with Bird. Sigmund, how low can you go? <laughs> Who's your deep wide receiver for this week? I like that Demir Bird call too. Um, Denver's secondary is just brutal. Um, last week, big size, speed wide receiver running free through the Eagles secondary. This week, big size, speed wide receiver named Miles Boykin. Maybe, oh, just maybe uh, against that Philly secondary. So just trying to see if lightning can strike twice. I like it. Uh, last one, surprise tight end of the week. So we're really just looking at someone that can perform at a tight end one level because we're not all doing the fishbowl and doing the two or three tight end things. So, Sigmund, <laughs> what do you got on your uh, surprise tight end of the week? If he clears concussion protocol, Jordan Akins, and it was uh, Darren Fells, but there's nobody even on the screen with him on his 30 or 40 yard touchdown. So I think that this is a chance for Akins, who can add a lot of athleticism. He's going to be that last priority for Tennessee's zone defense as long as he can play. Bogman? I can't believe I'm going back to this well, but it's still going to do it. It's Logan Thomas for me. Ah! And this is, this is Uh. the reason why I mentioned how I don't like uh, (laughs) Terry McLaurin that much because James Bradbury is a tough matchup. So someone's going to have to catch a football in Washington. I I think it's going to be Logan Thomas this week. So uh, I, I just think that the force, the, the, Matchup for McLaurin is gonna is going to force more targets for Thomas, and hopefully he he actually gets them in a catchable range and gets in the end zone. Well, we'll see. Well, it might be the last time we go that route. He is Sigmund Bloom. You can find him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom, of course, over at FootballGuys.com, and check him out on the Audible. One of the great guys in the industry, and I'm so glad that uh, Sigmund, you could find some time to join us in season because you be a little bit busy, my friend. Yeah, well, because of what what I do idle hands devil's play thing or something like that. I mean, <laughs> football season keeps me out of trouble, but you, this is a great time. You guys run a fantastic ship and I look forward to coming back on another voyage. Thank you very much. My Thanks, friend. Man. We'll make sure the time zones are all good. Yeah. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but many health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durban Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall Credit Card Bill. 
I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says in this league. Hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the mozzarella sticks? In this league. Week six, Ranky Ranks. Let's go take a look on the aggregate, the aggregate ranks and see what people are thinking. And let's uh, let's dissect a little bit. Starting with quarterback Boggs, your oddities for the week as far as a QB one. Here's what I'll throw at you. Only one name jumps in that I still don't think resonates with everybody, and it's Gardner Minshew. He is eight on the list above Matthew Stafford. Above This might be the other one. Kirk Cousins is at 10 this week. I like Gardner Minshew, but I don't know, dude. Kirk Cousins yeah, feels like a top six to me. Yeah, it's a good week for Minshew, but I just don't know with him being so Jekyll and Hyde if I could put him up at the top. You know, Detroit is coming off a of bye week, too, extra prep time, all that stuff. So I don't think I would have Minshew that high, even though I do like him this week against Detroit. Uh, he That's too high for him. I would definitely have Stafford ahead of him, Cousins ahead of him, Brady ahead of him, and Matt Ryan, even though Matt well, Ryan's looked bad. It's a good matchup this, against oh, Minnesota. Okay, because that's, well, that's what I wanted to ask you, because it seems to be, for the last three or four weeks, the QB 12 in whatever the aggregate of all the rankers, and, you know, this is just taking and pooling everybody together. So there are people that are, you know, smarter and people that are dumber and stuff like that. But the aggregate always spits out a weird number 12 to me. And you have got Matt Ryan against Minnesota, which is an okay matchup. And you might have Julio back, but Matt Ryan has been bad. And But, but you look at a couple of the spots behind him, and you've got Goff against the 49ers. I don't, I don't know if I can't count on Cam, but you have got Ryan Fitzpatrick against the New York Jets, Tannehill against Houston. Any of those a better bet to go over than Matt Ryan? I just have a real, I'm just having a hard time trusting him right now. Yeah, look, I don't mind Fitzpatrick, uh, and I don't. Yeah, Tannehill looked really good last night. So, uh, you know, or two nights ago, as you're listening to this. So I, I, I like him too. I just, if Julio comes back, I, it's definitely Matt Ryan. I, I think without Julio, it's questionable, but if Julio's back, it's definitely Matt Ryan because, I mean, uh, you know, the the Vikings are starting a second-year guy and two rookies in their secondary as far as corners go, Holden Hill, Jeff Gladney, and Cam, uh, Cameron Dantzler. So uh, I really like Matt Ryan this week uh, just because Minnesota has been so bad at stopping the pass. But with Julio down, we saw it last week, he didn't play very well. So uh, I think it's questionable if Julio does miss this week. If Julio plays, I'm definitely going with Matt Ryan. As far as any deeper go, you've got Andy Dalton, his first game against Arizona. Arizona did just lose Chandler Jones. Uh, I love that one. I I talked about it with Sigmund. That's my guy this week is Andy Dalton. Yeah, so Sigmund is is a good one to play. Andy is a solid one uh, to play this week. I kind of like Tannehill with AJ, uh, AJ Brown back. AJ Brown looked pretty good. Houston, fine. Uh, I kind of dig that one. You know, a big question mark is your boy Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow fell off like a ton of bricks this past week, and he doesn't particularly have a fantastic matchup. That's a bad start. What do you do? You bench him. You start someone else. There's too many good options here. Uh, There's too many real good options, especially if Cam Newton plays. Uh, There's too many. Because I think it's a viable, you could get Ryan Fitzpatrick. Would you play Fitzpatrick against the Jets over Burrow? Yep. Not close. Uh, it's easy. Burrow has to be buried this week. And I think having him at 18, I think that's the right range. Teddy Bridgewater plays a tough defense here. Daniel Jones has been terrible. And Washington's actually been pretty good against the pass. 
and uh, Nick Paul sucks too. So yeah, I, I think he that this is right where he belongs, right around eighteen. Little tip from your boy Welsh: Don't start Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Just my little tip. That's all that needs to be said. That's, That's all that needs to be said. Over to running back for week six on the PPR. Here we go. When we look at the RB1s, there's my guy, Alexander Madison, coming in with the Rankers at number nine. Yep. Love it. And all for it. I'm absolutely for it. Your other ones that you can peek at here, Mike Davis popping at number six versus Chicago because uh, Christian McCaffrey is not expected to play. And I think that's about it from the Shockers. You also have Kareem Hunt ranked three, uh, Edwards Alaire at four, and Joe uh, or Todd Gurley jumping in at eleven against Minnesota. Yeah, I, I like a lot of these matchups, but some of them are uh, are, are a little rough here. Like, um, like Miles Sanders versus Baltimore. I don't. But look what he, think what he did against Lair should be four at Baltimore. I think yeah. that's too high for him. Well, it's Mike against Buffalo. Six. It's against Buffalo. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Buffalo's better than that, though. I mean, not every play was. Uh, Derrick Henry picking up Josh Norman and throwing him like he was a Barbie doll. So uh, they're they're better they're better than that. And he's just coming off of what did he have? Ten touches, thirteen touches. So I don't know. I don't know about that matchup. Uh, Mike Davis is too high against Chicago. Even though I'd still I'm still going to start Mike. Is Davis he a RB one for you? Uh, borderline maybe. Okay. But, so uh, but, but see like, then we get into the semantics then because we don't need to get into semantics. Oh, okay, if he's well, still an RB one. over David Montgomery. I, w- I would start Dave Montgomery over Mike Davis this week. If I oh, had okay. Because so Carolina's defense is terrible. So, uh, I, and I think Montgomery can get back on track this week. So I would start him. Uh, I think David Johnson at Tennessee is a nice matchup. Uh, you like those over all Mike over Davis. Mike Davis. Chicago's defense is good. They just beat Tampa Bay into the ground. And the only reason Ronald Jones ran is because it was in the fourth quarter. He broke off a couple good ones. So uh, I, I don't like, I don't particularly care for Mike Davis this week. I but mean, I, he gets so many touches; it's tough to bench him. So. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that we're even. I don't even think the conversation we're having is about benching, and I think it's irrelevant. I, I mean, it's interesting that you're saying you'd start Montgomery over them, but you're still starting him. The three defenses that he's gone up against, I'd call one good. He went up against the Chargers, and that's a good one. That was in Week yep. Three, and he had 46 yards rushing, 45 receiving. He had a touchdown and eight catches. And then he had 16 carries against Arizona where he had a score and I think just uh, over 100 yards and he went 150 yards with a score against Atlanta. So Atlanta and Arizona, okay, but he also did against a bad defense. He gets, um, in that time of those three games since McCaffrey has been out, he has had 25 targets, 25 targets between those three games. And as far as catches go, I'm doing the quick math, 22 catches. So 22 of 25 he's caught. He's averaging seven catches a game, and he's averaging about 15 carries a game. So I am for him. But again, I think we're in a semantic stage, unless you were to sit here and be like, I don't know if I'm even going to start him this week. Uh, No, I think he's getting too many touches to not start. I just can't believe he's a top six option on this list. That's a little surprise. I like Jonathan Taylor's behind him. Why? They're playing Cincinnati. This is like if he's ever going to get a million carries, it's this week against Cincinnati. Yeah. So. Uh, some RB twos you were mentioning. David Montgomery pops in at fourteen. David Johnson at fifteen. Mm. Mostert down here at seventeen versus the Rams. Antonio Gibson still a top twenty, and then probably the two more fat. Well, there's three fascinating ones. Daryl Henderson shows up, but I get it off of the two scores. But Chase Edmonds at twenty three and Devontae Freeman at twenty four. 
I mean, I love them as flex, so I guess I'm not going to really argue, especially when you look at the crew of guys ranked below. Yeah, I think they belong there, and you now have Edmonds uh, just below Kenyon Drake, who came in at 20, as you know, ranked as an RB two this week. But I think you know it's fair to say that they're flex options, Freeman and Edmonds. Yeah, I really like Edmonds. Obviously, you know, I'm uh, you know picking Andy Dalton too. I think that game is going to be a shootout, so I think there's uh, ample scoring opportunity for everybody on both teams in that game. Freeman, while he led in touches, is less. I don't know. Uh, I guess he's way more exciting than Ingram and Hines and McKinnon and White. They're like the guys immediately below him. But I think some of these other guys down here further, uh, a couple of them at least, I would rather start over yeah. Freeman this week. Uh, well, what's interesting is like the flex RBs, they're not great as far as how guys are ranked. It's not a good crew. You've got like J.D. McKissick, Malcolm Brown, Duke Johnson, Adrian Peterson. So I don't really particularly like them. But Some, Gaskin is down. And why is Gaskin at 32 in a PPR when they didn't start uh, Howard last week and the Jets are terrible? Like, he should be higher than – I would probably put him as high as 22. I'd put him over Daryl Henderson for So sure. you think he's an RB2 this week? Because I think yeah. he's a flex. But Yeah, that's why I picked him with Sigmund. I like him – and I like Swift b- below here. You well, know, those okay, are my yeah. two guys way down here that I, I really like. Obviously, I've already mentioned them. But I like Cam Akers at your Niners, too. I like him above, like, Jarek McKinnon and James White and Dobbins and those guys. I th- just think there's, because they keep reiterating that they want him to get the ball more, I think, you know, you don't hear that for Dobbins. So why would Dobbins be ranked ahead of him? That's Swift Swift was definitely one of those that I like as a flex this week. You know, I yeah, see Duke yeah. Johnson and Malcolm Brown ranked ahead and and whatnot. I mean, McKissick is kind of, you know, he he's like this floor player. But I like uh, I like DeAndre Swift versus uh, Jacksonville this week. So I like that a lot. So he would be a must start where he is not. He's not even a flex running back at 37 here. I also like Damian Harris who pops in uh, against Denver. This is going to be opportunity again for him yep. to get those carries and that run. Philip Lindsay might be interesting as well this week, just with the the stuff that's going on around Melvin Gordon. I'm not, you know, we really don't know what is happening, but regardless if he plays, that might be a guy that you can get out there. And then outside of that, I'm not really sure I'm diving into anybody else. You know, let me throw this one out to you. This could be a flex guy and he is not remotely close. Mike Boone. Mike Boone's going to be the number yeah. two to Madison. They love to run two backs out. When Cook went out, Boone got some red zone run. He didn't really do much with it, but Boone's not a bad dude. He's at we saw 50- this last year too. So uh, yeah, I mean, and I, he's I like- at fifty six against yeah, Atlanta. He needs to be way higher than and that. if Minnesota yeah. gets up, regardless of the point, I think Mike Boone can be a flex this well, week. Would you rather play Boone or Dobbins this week? Um, I'd rather play Boone. You know what? I think I might rather play Boone. I think it's close. Yeah, yeah no, it's uh, it's probably closer than me saying. Yeah, you're, you're making. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, well, look, Dobbins just keeps getting four touches. You know, it's ridiculous. So uh, I, I would. We know Boone's going to get that. If there's no Cook, he's definitely getting that. Yeah. So uh, even if there is Cook, he might get that. So uh, I think that uh, that that's an easy one. He's too low as well. Over on the wide receivers, when we look at the wide receiver ones, I don't think there's anything to pick at here. Um, I mean, Will Fuller does pop in. People love him, but he's a startable asset. I think you've got some, you know, just some guys moving around. Amari Cooper is, or yeah, Mark Cooper is still showing up as a RB one. 
and he's just kind of been wide receiver one. A wide, yeah, I'm uh, sorry, wide receiver one. He's been a little bit wonky in how it's running, but all the names are about what you expect in each. I don't like I don't like McLaurin at 11 this week against James Bradbury. He hasn't allowed a double digit score uh, at wide receiver yet this season, so I think uh, he's a dicey matchup if you're looking. And I don't think he deserves to be a, a wide receiver one this week. I mean, he is still great and everything, but that's a real tough matchup for him. Yeah. I think Bradbury's one or two on PFF's uh, corner list. So a uh, tough matchup for him, but everybody else makes sense to me. Some guys that pop up here, uh, CeeDee Lamb up to 14. You betcha, you betcha, bub. Absolutely, he's got to be there uh, because he has been a main target guy and they've got the Arizona Cardinals this week. So he's, you know, a no doubt blah, uh, starter. Why do you turn into a Wisconsiner? You betcha. You betcha. I, and I did a little you Wolverine betcha. too. I'm like, you betcha there, bub. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> DJ Chark is in there. Marquise Brown coming in at 16 as a wide receiver too. Robbie Anderson still in here against Chicago. Better defense, but he's a main target guy. Odell, Juju, uh, Justin Jefferson, Slayton, Boyd, and AJ Brown is how the wide receiver twos finish out. Anybody you don't like in that class? I not, Slayton has a tough matchup. Washington surprisingly has been really good against wide receivers this year. So, uh, that's a little bit of a dicey one and the Colts have been good too, but I, uh, you, you don't not start Tyler Boyd or AJ Brown. You got to fire those guys in there. So, and I really love the Justin Jefferson matchup against Atlanta this week. That's a really, really good one. The wide receiver threes. So these are still guys that you're starting out there. I really like some of the ones that pop up here. LaVisca is finally getting all the love. I don't know where he was last week. I want to say he maybe he was a borderline wide receiver three more flex. He's up at 29 versus Detroit. No, that's a great one. Because Chark didn't practice today on Wednesday, so he's probably going to miss the game. So Abu Chenault and Conley way up for sure. You've also got Chase Claypool, who pops in ranked number 32 versus the Cleveland Browns, above Devontae Parker, who's got the Jets, which, okay. Uh, T. Higgins, <laughs> Jamison Crowder, and Miko Hardman finish out wide receiver three. So the big question is, are you in on Claypool as a that is must start? So every guy we name yeah. here, you're talking must start. That means three wide receivers are ranked inside the the must start category for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Yeah, look, I think if you have Claypool, you got it. If you went out and spent for him, which most likely you didn't draft him, you spent for him. You got to start him. So I, I think uh, they're obviously setting him up in uh, positions to succeed too. So I think. You're not obviously you're never going to expect four touchdowns again, but you just want a touchdown. You want that upside, and he, and he brings it every week. So yeah, and uh, I, lo I love the matchup too. So I'm very much into Claypool being a must start this week. Uh, the rest of the names are all pretty standard. When you get into the flex wideouts, they're not as great. Uh, I do like Russell Gage who comes in at 41 versus Minnesota. I think Olamide, it was a situation where you completely take over Julio's role, so you get the snaps, but he didn't get any of the touches, so I still kind of yeah. like Gage. Both the 49ers receivers are in there, Ayuk and Samuel. Eh, I'm not really into either one of those. Kirk is in there. It's actually kind of a poop list if you look across the board. I mean, Jerry Judy down here at 48, it's probably the best name. Of yeah, any but other if guys. Gilmore's back, I don't like Judy this week, so... Uh, Gilmore and, uh, Cam Newton still, uh, their status, I think is, is up in the, oh, Cam's we know is up in the air. I'm not hundred percent on Gilmore, but I'm pretty sure it's still up in the air after his positive COVID test. So if Gilmore's back, I really don't like Judy because he'll probably be on Judy most of that game. Uh, but yeah, I think you're kind of right. It's kind of a crap list. Uh, you know, some of these lower guys are okay. Like 
Marvin Jones, 58. I know he's been real bad, but yeah. against Jacksonville is kind of a nice matchup. Uh, we talked about Darnell Mooney uh, getting more snaps than Anthony Miller and Carolina uh, lost Dante Jackson for this week, most likely. So he could be a decent start. Fulgham is in there at 50, by the way. Just want to throw that out. Like, yeah. you're jumping past him. But Travis Fulgham was one of the big waiver wire pickups this week. And he's not in the startable rank range because it's a really tough defense versus Baltimore. And you may get those guys out there. So what I think is possible is people could pick him up. He doesn't do anything big against that defense. And then he could get dropped and I would be willing to swoop back up. But even more reassurance would be as if he gets those targets again. So I'm not sure I'm dying to throw him out there. But when I look at some of the other flex wideouts, I don't know. I'd probably rather go Fulgham this week than Scotty Miller or Randall yeah. Cobb just on upside potential, or Curtis Samuel or something like that. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that for sure. The other names you were mentioning, uh, you were going to mention Preston Williams gets the Jets. I like that one. Nikhil Harry, uh, especially if Cam is back, I would be into that versus Denver. Tim Patrick on the inverse um, uh, for the Denver Broncos, I'd be interested in seeing if he continues to get that run that he was going with. And... I just don't know if I have that love for Marquez Valdez-Scantling anymore, especially with Devontae Adams and, uh, you know, Mr. Robert Tonyan out there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not that high on him either. But uh, Demir Bird down here on this list, Gabe Davis had a touchdown call back, I believe, last night. Uh, so he's been pretty solid if you're looking for real, real deep leagues. And then you just got to pay attention because Alshon could come back at any uh, yeah. point, too. So exactly. uh, and he's way, way down the list. So just look out for some of those guys. On the tight ends, it's all the names that you know. Uh, the only additions would be Robert Tanyan, who has got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. He is ranked as the number 11 tight end who does nothing but score touchdowns. The guys that have fallen out this week of the uh, tight end one, at least from a top 12 perspective, Jimmy Graham, Austin Hooper, Mike Gesicki, all not in that range. And Gesicki is one you could argue yourself to, uh, to throw back up into the startable range. But are you into, are you into starting Tanyan as a must start tight end this week? Yeah, I kind of am. You know, this is, uh, he's looked good. And I know they use all those guys, all those tight ends and stuff, but Tanyan has looked like the main guy there so far this year. So, uh, I think you kind of have to roll them out. I re I do really like him this week. Friendos, that is the episode. Thank you again to Sigmund Bloom for joining us. And man, I hope your leagues are set up or we fi week five is finalized because it's not for us. Um, and uh, hopefully it can be a smoother week six. That's what we're saying. No more COVID tests, no more push games. The schedule's already gotten all tripped out. We could use a little bit of normalcy after some crazy, crazy weeks. We will be back with you again on Sunday. We'll be breaking down all the action, and hopefully we will have some live scores on all platforms because wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be great. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be great. Super, Let's get it done. Great. Let's get it done. All right, friendos, it's in this league. Check us out, patreon.com slash Army. Sign up, have fun, and follow us on Twitter at Welsh at Bogman Sports. That's Bogman. I'm Welsh. Peace. Peace. Bye. Bye. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.